right. And welcome to another episode of The 86th Club, the uh, hospitality industry-focused podcast that centers around the bartender. And today, uh, it's a really special podcast because it is ladies' night here. <laughs> no boys allowed. Sorry, Jay Wells, my co-host. <laughs> I didn't let him on the last one either. Uh, he was like, am I fired? I was like, no. You're coming out. You're getting married this month. So he's had a lot of other things to do. Um, but congratulations, Jay Wells, Mr. and Mrs. Wells. Um, so... I'm going to go around and introduce all of these lovely ladies, and we'll kind of just get into it. Um, so on my left, I have Miss Montana Kroll. Uh, hey, guys. You are the, what is your exact title with Maestro de Bell? Field brand specialist, and I cover Maestro de Bell tequilas, Grand Centenario tequilas, Criente Mezcal, and 400 Conejos Mezcal. Nice. Awesome. All the good agaves. I am drinking your Diamante right now, and it is diam Diamante. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call a cocktail that now, in your honor. You're good at the puns. I'm surprised you didn't think of that one. Oh, I've got to list in the phone. Okay, fair. Name first, then the cocktail. There it is. And next, uh, but certainly not least, Miss Jessica Lum, Hello. bar manager of Intermezzo. Yep. Is it, in, but it's Intermezzo Coffee and Cocktails. That is the full name, yeah. In St. Pete, one of my favorite spots. Mm. I just go there to sit on my laptop and answer emails. and. It's a good place for that. Drink Negronis and... All the good things. Chit chat. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and then, of course, Miss Caroline Lease, the baddest bartending bitch around. Can I use that <laughs> word? I don't think I can. Or should we not? I mean, you already said it. Okay. <laughs> Bitches get shit done. I meant it like, batch, not like bitch <laughs> like bad bitch that's okay yeah. yeah that's a compliment like i meant it like you're the baddest baddest lady around i i like that <laughs> i'm just being <laughs> the baddest bitch with no criminal record that's true i don't congratulations yeah nice does Proud anybody here have a criminal record uh, <laughs> we don't have to answer that that's fine <laughs> so I, so I always go around at the beginning of the podcast and kind of ask each person what was their own personal journey uh, into where they are today. Um, so obviously we've all been bartenders. Some of us are managing now. Some are, of us are working for brands or distributors. Um, so we're all doing different things in the market. But uh, Montana, let's start with you. How did you get to be in 30 seconds or less. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Start the timer. How did you get to be where you are today in this industry? I started at a very crusty, smoky dive bar in downtown St. Pete called the Rare Olive. Uh, it, it was the Rare Olive, Mastery's Oyster Bar, and then shortly after, Mandarin Hyde opened, and that was like the block. And earned my stripes. You know, we didn't even have coolers we had like the plastic beer tubs you'd shovel ice into so that was uh, the foot in the door and then from there I wanted to get into craft cocktailing so I started pestering everybody at Mandarin Hyde who are now some of my closest friends and did a little bit of everything in the industry I did um, front desk at a hotel which took me um, I only lasted like three months because you have to like wear like a button-up shirt and it's like the same button-up shirt every day and like not have any like tattoos exposed. So I was like, this is not my cup of tea, but it was really fun to test it out. I did coffee for a minute to, you know, I learned about like drinks and milk and all that part of drink building. And then kind of went 
earned my stripes through those different elements. And then I got into a, a nice craft bar and was like networking my ass off with USBG. I had cards made before I needed cards. I went to like... I, re- I remember you gave me one of your cards when, um, when we met. That was our first meeting, actually. I still have a couple of them. Yes, you were. We were in St. Pete and I was I was at an event with the guild. I don't remember what, but I was with Aaron Davey and Tracy Franklin. Babes. We, I was with the babes. Mm. Um, pretty <laughs> badass babes. And we were talking and you like popped up. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and like pretty much just were like the bubbliest person and you were like hi how's everybody doing my name is montana kroll and i just want to say i think you guys are great and i'm super excited (laughs) to be here and you were like i i mean that's the image i don't know if that ever really happened but that's the feeling and the image that i that's the first time i remember meeting you and then i remember when you were at proof Mm -hmm. and that's when i really i remember there was one night about montana and Matt and I were out, um, this was years and years ago, and we were out for some night on the town, and you were upstairs at Proof, and you were like bartending your ass off. Like, it was one of those nights where you're like bartending your entire ass off. Everything was on fire. Everything was on fire, everything was dying. Um, She had one bar back who looked like he didn't even know what he was doing. (laughs) The dishwasher was broken, if there even Mm -hmm. was one, uh, because I remember coming upstairs, and it was like- No glassware. No glassware, full packed, like, like people on the spilling over into the patio and I walked in and I was like, oh, Montana, I was like, Do you, are you okay? Like and sh- this lady was like, yeah, I fucking got this. I'm fine. <laughs> and then she was like, what do you guys want? Blah, 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 blah. What are your tasting profiles? Okay. And then she like literally mixed me up something in. I, I would have waited 15, 20 minutes because it was that busy and it was literally less than five. And I was like, I don't know how she was doing this. She is so badass. I was like, that was the moment I really was like, oh, shit, this girl is like a kick-ass bartender. It's got to bang it out. I mean, it was like the trifecta of shit, you know, out of glassware, dishwasher down, bar back MIA trying to hunt down ice, second bartender like tending to a wound. And at that point when everything sucks and everything's on fire, having a meltdown or being in a shitty attitude about it when it's completely out of your control doesn't help the situation. Right. All you can do is just slap a smile on your face, people always have to deal with it and have a good night regardless because having a, a shitty time doesn't help the situation. I love that. Just get through it. So yeah, that's kind of the, the shtick. You know, whenever people are like, how did you get into brand work? How, how are you where you are now? I just really advocate to network, network, network. Go to the seminars, go to the USBG stuff. Even if you are like, it's Vodka 101 that day. It doesn't matter because you might make a new friend. You can make a new acquaintance, new connection. Uh, Tails is great. USBG uh, regional conference is fantastic. Anything that you can go and get your face out there and drop some cards and just show that you're trying your best to further yourself and continue your education is just the best way to keep going and growing in this community. Jessica, what's your origin story? Origin story. I um, I started out at a little chain restaurant, Outback Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. The Lumen. I still love Outback. As it turns out, I thought I would be I, sick of the Bloomin' Onion, but I'm not. <laughs> Nobody's sick of a Bloomin' Onion. I mean, five years, you would think. But uh, no, I started there for a while. Um, I started out hosting and then serving and then bartending. Um, and then I traveled around for a while and kind of popped from place to place and, and served mostly in restaurants. And the first time I really got into like the cocktail industry, um, I did one place in Melbourne, which really got me into it. And it was a little speakeasy. So when I came back to Tampa... 
I like wanted to be in that kind of environment where they take things really seriously. And I, um, I still didn't know much, but I wanted to like work hard and I wanted to get there and learn. So I worked at this little speakeasy and I served tables and I just tried to learn everything I could from people. So I just soaked up as much knowledge and I, I tried to go there on my days off and learn from the bartenders and learn from the people above me. And um, I never got to bartend there, but when I finally got to my first craft cocktail bar, I felt like I was ready for it. So I just, I jumped in with both feet and I, I started bartending and started trying to learn and absorb and just keep furthering that. And I've kind of been bartending ever since. And then I got offered a management position and uh, I didn't think I was going to like it at first. I thought I wanted to be behind the stick, but I kind of like both sides of it now. And I like I like bartending some days and I like managing and teaching people under me because I, I love when somebody has that same kind of drive that I did um, where they want to further themselves in the industry where I can kind of like help build up the people underneath me. So that's how I got into managing and I like it now. Mm, I like you as a manager. I think you, you... I like it, too. I think you're a good one. I like it. Yeah. No, it's good. It's really heartwarming, you know? Yeah. I mean, and well, it all depends on the crew that you have as well, too, with you, right? Like For sure. If, and you have to kind of, over the years, I think, find your own management um, style. And it's and then you realize, well, just like everybody, everybody's different. So then you kind of have to, like, adjust it, I think, per person. But, right. it, but it's fun when you find, like, a bar family where, yes, you're their manager, but you also kind of become just, you know, lifelong friends as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I love them. You know, even the people that I've I've worked with and they've moved on to other things, like, I love them and I just want to see them grow no matter where they are, if they're with me or someone else. Like, I just love seeing them flourish, which is really, it's a really cool part of managing. Oh, just because I'm mom. <laughs> I know. I'm all grown up. <laughs> lum the mum. <laughs> Mama lum. Mama lum. Mama lum. I Mama like lum. Thanks, guys. That's your new nickname. <laughs> yeah. Mama lum. You should name a cocktail. Mama lum. Miss mm. Ca- Caroline. <laughs> I almost said Miss Cocktail. <laughs> I just went Miss Cocktail. <laughs> I just talked like that. <laughs> Miss Caroline Lees, oh, ladies Lord. and gentlemen. I mean, yeehaw. Uh, I mean, truly. Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So my first official bartending gig was at a, trying to think of how to word this, a uh, one percenter biker bar. I was 18 years old, and I have no idea why I got that job or how I got it, but I did it. Um, I actually learned a lot of practices that I, like a lot of cleaning things, a lot of things that like organizational that I, like, took to other bars afterward and ended up being better than I would have been. But aside from that, it was a lot of uh, Bud Select had just come out. Um, <laughs> that was the big thing, Bud Select. Um, <laughs> what is Bud Select exactly? Uh, Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those like lower carb, lower oh. calorie kind of ideas, but it's like supposed to be more. It's like, um, think of Diet Coke versus Coke Zero, mm. like that kind of idea. Bud so, Select is Coke Zero. Yes. Yeah. Sucks. So. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's I mean, not good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Bud Select was like the locale option geared toward like masculine marketing. One percent or by car. I love that you also said you learned your cleaning and organizational skills from this one percenter biker bar. Yes. Like, I'm imagining like Elmer's off McDill or, or like, is this? It is was, this that type of dive bar, like Pete's Place here? Or it like, was a really nice bar. Oh, well. Like, it was a real nice bar. He used like to a nice own one. another bar that. down the road and then open that bar. And 
I don't know if it's still open because it's not. I haven't been in that area in a really long time. But um, I'm not shitting on Pete's place or oh, yeah, or no. no by course. the way, if anybody <laughs> is listening or Elmer's, but you know, you guys know, you know who you are. You know what you do. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. So, um, so I did that uh, for a second, and then I was like, eh, probably not the best environment to like be in as, as an 18 year old. I knew I was super impressionable. I just didn't know like how or why. So I was like, I'm just gonna scoot out of this. And then I got really, really involved in craft beer for years, like obsessively. Like, and I really, I thought I wanted to brew. I thought I wanted to get more involved in that. Um, I did a little bit of it for like fun, but never, you know, anything big. And then because of certain circumstances, I actually built a really big network within the beer community that I still, you know, I'm pretty close with now. But certain circumstances drove me out of that for a while. And that's how I found working with like and loving spirits and cocktails and all of that. And um, I had the absolute pleasure of working with Jess for a few mm. years too. Um, and I think that was kind of, that job for me was kind of like what turned, like what turned my focus and what really made me want to like refine my skills and be better. Because at that point I'd already been bartending for seven years, but I feel like in the last, was it, four and a half now I've like really found what I was supposed to be and who I wanted to be um I've had I mean the best experiences I've met the most incredible people um I've really gotten to travel a lot I've done all kinds of things I never thought I'd do like flying to Aspen and working million dollar weddings and you know bartending for the DiBartolo family and working with Virgilio Martinez and like all these crazy things that I never ever thought I would be able to do so it's really fortunate and now I've got a place that really makes me feel loved and appreciated and I don't know just feels worth it isn't I kind of get a little emotional there but <laughs> isn't that the best though when you find a place um within the industry that you really like going to every day like you know you're going to have a good day because of the people that are going to be working there you right. do feel close to people you respect the management team for the most part I'm sure there's some bad <laughs> eggs everywhere but like you kind of get where they're coming from and you respect their vibe and the way they want things run and you, you're all on the same page. I mean, is this utopia or does it exist ever? Like, do you, have you all found it in your careers thus far? Or It's a mutual respect thing. Like Definitely. a lot of times I've respected people that I worked with, but they did not respect me. And sometimes we had to, had to find that out the hard way. Um, I don't, I'm not currently in a situation like that, but it's something that I very much have had to deal with across a couple of, of places. For sure, when you feel wanted and like appreciated and respected, it just makes it, it's so much better going to work every single day. Yeah. You know, knowing that like when you say something and you have thoughts that they sit and they listen and they care and they take it in, that really changes it for me. You know, feeling wanted and, and important wherever it's, you work. It's like that in a personal relationship too. If you're constantly offering someone advice who doesn't take it, right. or when they do take it, they don't say thank you or give you any kind of nod or appreciation, then you're not going to want to stay in that relationship very long. For sure. So do you think that there's something to be said for like being a woman and um, kind of, I, I mean, I don't know, like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is in the places that you worked at, was it, did, was it ever because you were just a female and kind of weren't a part of the group? Cause I do feel like one of the things that I've noticed as a woman in the industry is, um, Everybody says, oh, it's a boys club. It's a boys club. And 
it is on some level. I mean, you kind of just have to admit it at some point. Um, you know, a lot of bars I worked at in the beginning, it it sometimes felt like that. I mean, there were always women that were there and we all worked there. But it felt like unless we could hang with the boys, whether that was being able to outdrink them or outshake them or, you know, like be better at something than they were because it felt very competitive for me. I mean, so do you feel like there was ever a bar that you worked at that you weren't appreciated or didn't feel like you fit in mainly just because you weren't one of the boys? Oh, without question. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is actually, I've actually been having this conversation. I feel like more often with people recently. Um, Interesting. I think, I think a lot of maybe, maybe I'm entirely wrong, but I feel like a lot of like the quarantine time gave a lot of people time for self-reflection and were able to kind of, reassess their worth and reassess what they wanted and then coming back into the workforce after that going wait a minute okay I was dealing with this before but like I don't want to anymore and I don't think it's right like I talked to a girlfriend of mine from Orlando who they were like she kept she'd run tons of bars and nobody was taking anything she said seriously until they had a meeting and she introduced like syrups and things to them and they were like oh you know how to do this and she's like yeah like I know how to do this like what do you mean she's like I've worked at like all the, what, what do you mean like who do you think I was just because she's like beautiful and like you know a, a woman beauty you know? beauty and talent can't be in the same package it intimidates like, people it does intimidate people do you I mean give it give a specific example as specific as you want to be you don't have to call anybody out but I feel like for me at least I've been pretty lucky that my coworkers at least don't discredit me and my employers for the most part don't discredit me because I'm a woman. I think my main thing that I've dealt with in the service industry is that customers don't think I know what I'm doing because I'm a woman, you know? I feel like I, I one time I had somebody come up to me and he was like, hey, do you guys carry Maker's Mark? And I was like, I don't, but I've got this instead that'll be comparable and, and we can do that instead. He was like, well, how about you ask him over there? And I'm like, well, I've had that happen. Like, well, that's my bar yeah. back. And you could talk mm-hmm. to him if you want, but I am the manager, so it, it wouldn't make sense to talk to him because I do the ordering. But uh, I think it happens more so when guys are like, do you know how to make a Negroni? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I'm paid. I'm paid to make yeah. you your Negroni. So uh, <laughs> of course I do. So I, I think I've, it, that's difficult. And I think women deal with that in every industry, not just the service industry. Um, but I think I've been pretty lucky that that other coworkers I've worked with, it's been, of course, it's a little bit more male dominated for whatever reason, but the people I've worked with haven't discredited me because I'm a female, which has been great. You know, I've been lucky, but I know it, it happens. Of course it happens. So for you, you've experienced mostly thus far more from consumers, more from guests coming in and yeah. kind of basically just assuming that you don't know as much as you actually do, yeah. mainly just because you're a female. I know, but... So how could a female... Most fema- females don't drink whiskey, so you can't yeah, know like, what whiskey is. Yeah, they're like, what would you drink? I'm like, I would drink whiskey, <laughs> you know? <laughs> do you feel ever that you find yourself feeling like you need to play that game a little bit in the sense of like kind of because the customer is always right do you ever like play into it like oh you're so sweet no. or do you really no, just I'm like, go oh you, you want what I drink I'll, I'll slam it right down on the table you're not gonna like it yeah. if you want something light and citrusy and pink and in a coupe I've got it you know I definitely have that but uh if you're asking what I drink that's not what I drink you know and uh but yeah I mean it happens it happens but it happens in every industry so that's just what you deal with as a female. 
I've been quietly let go. One of those classic situations where, like, you come back from, like, Tales of the Cocktail, for mm. example, and you find <laughs> that you're not on the schedule and you're very confused because you didn't request those days off. So the phone, <laughs> you make a phone call and it's a very, like, awkward, like, oh, you know, we, we got the other girl now and she's, like, from X, Y, and Z. Uh, I've definitely been quietly let go because I wasn't the, f- the femme 30 girl behind the bar. And even the girl that was my replacement, like, admitted to me, oh, you're a, bar- a better bartender. I don't know why you don't work here anymore. And I was like, I mean, I do. It's not your fault. But because they only had so many girls working. I don't know. I think they wanted somebody with the uh, flirty club background and the outfits right. to match. And I actually at that same job, like week one of my job, one of the guys, and I don't even think he was like, I think he considered himself like a manager or in a position of pow- power, but he wasn't, <laughs> to my understanding, at least. Um, so those of you who don't know what I look like, I've got like big curly hair. And I come into work and this dude's like... The best curly <laughs> hair in the city <laughs> is Montana. You always yeah. can spot her like a mile away. That's Montana. Oh, f- funky blazer and big hair. There she is. There she is. And now gold jewelry. You've added that to the mix. I've, I've made it and a little hopes. bit chunkier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big earring energy, we call it. Yeah. You're getting... Hell yeah. I like <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this guy. This, and he... God, he was like 20, 21. And he was like, oh, I got to teach you how to like do your hair and have nice hair for work. And I was and I was like, um, I have curly hair. This is what it looks like. Right. Like and that's all I said. And it's like, oh, okay. And it was like, okay, so this is this is who you are. Thanks for showing me. I appreciate it. Now I know. Can we all talk about and Caroline, I want to hear from you um first if you don't mind, but can sure. we all, can we all talk about being the non-traditional female? in a traditional female stereotyped world for the bar, right? So I feel like all of us are atypical females behind the bar, which I hope is more normalizing. Um, So I hope now we're not considered atypical, but I feel like we are outspoken. We're very type A, which I think is just kind of more of a standard bartender quality that I find anyway, especially Mm -hmm. among like people who tend to become leaders out of it. But type A female, you know, um, kind of says very honest, upfront, direct. Sure of yourself. Sure of your confident, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So can you speak a little bit to just what it feels like to kind of, were you ever not hired for a job because of your personality? Were you ever not, were you ever let go <laughs> because of your personality? I mean, did you, do you feel like being an outspoken, smart, confident, assertive woman behind the bar is not attractive to some people as somebody to hire? I think so. Um, I can think of two particular examples that come to mind, and you are aware of both of them, so I I think you all might be. But um, (laughs) There was one time where I had an interview where I felt like I was driving the boat the entire time, and then I was informed by someone else that they were extremely intimidated by me, and they didn't (laughs) call me back for a job that they had pretty much offered me in the interview, because they thought that I was like too confident to the point where they act like too and, confident. And honestly, like, I mean, I may be entirely wrong, but I feel like I'm not an overbearing person. I don't think so. And mm-hmm. the like, they made me, f- I guess they made what well, didn't make me feel, but like made it out to be like I was overbearing because truly I felt like they didn't know what they were talking about <laughs> and they didn't know what they wanted. And they were talking about hypothetical situations that didn't exist. And when I asked them questions, they couldn't answer them. And I was just like, okay, well, this is weird. 
Um, and then there was another job that I had for a lot longer than I should have. Um, and I felt like this is, I'm going to kind of go on a little tiny um, side trip for a second and then I'll bring it back. But so, <laughs> Thanks for letting us know what's, yes, oh, what's you going know, on. I, I, talk, I can sit there and talk about a thousand things and then I'm like out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and I'm like out there. But um, so I had a job and I felt like this is a perfect example of the toxic family environment. And that is something that I have been more aware of since that job. It's the, yeah, it's great to feel like family. It's great to feel like community. It's great to feel like, oh, we're all here for each other. But then there's a point where it's, we're all family. So now you have to come in on this day or we're gonna make you feel bad about it. We're never gonna let you leave. We're gonna expect a lot out of you with that very little return and very little appreciation because we're family and that's what family does. And this ain't our Olive Garden. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When you're here, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> when you're here, you're clocked in. Yeah. That should really be Olive Garden's yeah. theme. Right. <laughs> when you're here, you're you're just I mean, you're just you're, here. You're Somebody here. brought you here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> when you're here, your grandmother brought you here right. for the cheap wine and the breadsticks. Right. So the salad's pretty good though. Yeah, they're not. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so I feel like those like and and the example of the like the family environment. That's that was just the little like side thing that could be delved into later at another date. But <laughs> I felt like no matter what I wanted to do to like help the team or be myself or be able to educate anybody, it was just like constantly fought by people who were just like, "Well, I've worked here for." six years so like you don't know what you're talking about and I was like okay and then I just was like made like kind of really made to feel like I was like being too much just by being me mm-hmm. and like I was taking up too much space and that I was being like kind of a bitch for like wanting everyone to grow and improve together and it just kind of like really sucked and hurt and it messed with my self-esteem a lot for a while so that's especially why I appreciate this job that I have now because they really do take what I have to say, like they've made actually major decisions for the company based on things I've said. And it's been really, you know, nice. I know kind of. No, that's good. Track, no, I love that. Um, I mean, I, I much had a very similar experience. Um, well, I was actually fired from two jobs in a row. Boom, boom. Go me. <laughs> I rock. I was fired and then not hired somewhere and then also hired and then fired from there too as well. Um, And it was just, it was all personality. It was all, I mean, when I look back, I mean, this was like, I was, you know, in my early, like, I guess I was like 29, 30, I'm 35 now. I was definitely, you know, not um, you know, I was not the person I am today, but I was still very much me, but I just, I was, I was outspoken. I admit there were things that I didn't want to change from my like very specific, um, way of learning how to do things. And I kind of look back on that now and realize, oh, well, I was also in a box. I was closed minded too. I was putting my creativity in parameters and I didn't want to work at a bar that wanted to carry cranberry juice because <laughs> some people came in and ordered Cosmos. And I was like, fuck this. This is sacrilegious. We will never <laughs> carry ocean spray cranberry juice you know like i really got fired up about ocean spray fucking cranberry juice so like cries in fleetwood mac (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying like you know i was not 
I definitely there were I could see why I was not an easy person all the time to get along with but I had a lot of passion a lot of heart and a lot of energy and I gave it my all and I also felt like in certain jobs I I was pushed out for sure like there was one opportunity where I, I was really pushed out I just didn't fit in I like showed up early and set my bar up on time I was like ready I didn't take like five million smoke breaks you know like I just like took my me time, but also like worked. So people didn't like that. And I remember somebody said- Which is crazy to me. How it's dare crazy. you? Well, it's, Matt Pingle brought it up on our first episode. He said something like, there's this phrase in the industry called a try hard. And you get like kind of mistreated because you're a try hard, right? Like it's the teacher's pet, the same kind of thing. Like, right. oh, you like homework. Oh, you suck. You're an idiot. Why is you're trying not cool. to better yourself like <clears throat> such a bad thing? Well, that's what that to Matt's point. That's what he said. He was like, you should want to like try hard and like do well. He's like, I don't know why people think that that's a bad thing and people get a bad rap. But I, I do find being a female, sometimes it makes you want to try harder because you want to like prove yourself, prove yeah. yourself, yeah. beat the boys at their own game kind of thing. Right. Like, does that feel right to yeah. Have we all felt this way? Absolutely. I, feel, I feel like I always need to be, especially when I'm working with a staff of primarily men, I feel like I need to be the hardest worker in the room because they look at me like, you're a woman, you you can't do it the way I do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it better. And I feel like I need to prove it to them, which is, I mean, ideally, it's something that wouldn't have to happen, but it's real and it's there. And, and it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is it exhausting? I mean, because because they can be accepted just being the way they are, but when you're the only girl on the staff, they look at you because you are different, you know, and you don't want to be the weak link. You wanna you wanna be a badass and prove to them that that women aren't lesser than and they aren't they aren't less like hardworking than everybody else. So it is exhausting because you go in every day knowing that like I need to be the best here but not overbearing at the same time. You don't want to show them up too much that makes them uncomfortable, but you need to be the hardest worker there, but but humble about it. It's just like a really weird balance. You need to always play this balance. Yeah, it's like even, it's always on your mind constantly and and it presents in interesting ways that you may not even realize are happening subconsciously. Like I actively dress for my accounts based on where I'm going. Like if I know I'm going to some like, bougie new spot with like or some like you know older guys who are the managers and the buyers and the rep and da, 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 da. like I'm wearing pants that day like I'm not showing up to some account that's going to immediately want to write me off or being like some you know beautiful silly, female exactly that I will dress extra masculine a lot of times I'll wear um, like a like a mock wedding ring um I will like I'm I'm always professional which some people think is stern sometimes which is always confusing but I mean (laughs) I've literally been to a meeting where like in front of the buyers like this rep who is um classic like older boomer guy who's been somehow in the same role for enough time that no one can seem to get rid of him and he looks at me like in front of everyone at the meeting goes hey you look tired (laughs) and I just that's like, uncalled for. I, <laughs> You're like, I'm so tired from running circles around yeah, your I'm, fucking ass. I'm tired, of your, I'm tired of your bullshit. Selling all this product that you don't know how to sell, idiot. Yep. Yeah, that's a fun story. He actually like is struggling to sell our product. Yes. So <laughs> you don't even know what tequila is. Let me let me show you. The Do you way. even know the difference between mezcal and tequila? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, yeah. I've even had like uh, another female bartender, and she was. Um, she was 
doing me a solid, like she was having my back. And she says to me, you know, some of our, some of our, our customers, I won't call them guests, some of our customers think that you're a bitch. And I just have to tell them, oh, she's not a bitch. She's just doing her job and she's doing it well. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't flirt with you and like puff my tits out to serve you your, your watered down old fashioned or whatever like you, you right. wanted here. I'm doing my job I'm, and I'm doing it right. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry I didn't flirt with you and cock my smile and like, oh my God, like you like whiskey. Aww. And, and, but, and I just, just if anybody feels like talking about it, have you ever though in the past? Yes. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever? Like last week. Have you <laughs> So, so there's something to be said here, right? So have you ever used n- that? Know that you're in a situation where you can absolutely use your brains and your beauty and your sexuality to whether that's getting a better tip or coaxing somebody into a conversation that needs to be had, but like handling it the way you want it to be. I mean, is there anything that where it's worked in your benefit where you're like, you know what, I'm going full female here and i'm just gonna use my feminine wiles sometimes i think one of the one of the things that i like flash back to sometimes i'm not super proud of the moment but i was serving steaks and and where i was working at the time it came on a slate and it was like this big beautiful i think it was a new york strip and it was juicy and wonderful and i sat it down and all six guys they're all businessmen they all had the same one and I was leaning over the table and they weren't helping me and I was wearing a dress. And so I'm leaning over trying not to expose myself, right? Trying to get the steak down. And uh, I spilled a little bit of steak juice on his lap and I was like, I'm so sorry. So I grabbed a towel, I grabbed some soda water and I was like, here you are. He's like, well, how about you wipe it off for me? Oh, oh gross. Vomit. And I was like, if you think I won't, you're dead wrong. I was like, oh. I'll, I'll look you dead in the eyes as I do it. Oh like, no, you didn't. It will be dead silent in here. I'll look you in the eyes and I'll wipe that steak juice off because you know what? Whatever. If you're kind of trying to one up me, I'll do it. This podcast mm-hmm. just got very... <laughs> and i did and i did and i was like whatever whatever if you're trying to be big and strong in front of your guy friends whatever but i think that's different than like losing using your like body or your flirtation or your beauty to get what you want i think that you just like he thought you would sit like laugh it off and you didn't be nervous and scared but i was like i don't i don't Mm -mm. i don't care it's a really subtle fuck you yeah i'll do it i'll do it i'm not afraid of that wow that's that's (laughs) i don't know if that's awful or not no, that, no, I mean, I that. well, I mean, let's the judge wishes it. thing is awful. I mean, is it is it awful? <laughs> I mean, is is it awful? Is it an awful thing to do? Like, to I think I think it was weird for him to ask me to do that and like do it with a smirk on his face, like, yeah. oh, she won't do it. I'm like, now you're making it like, weird. Bitch, watch me. Yeah, no, I'll I'll do it. I'll mm-hmm. do it, and I won't be afraid. You're a guest at my bar, and I will do that for you. It was awful because as a man, he automatically assumed that he was in a power position over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really the awful part. So you were also just playing into yeah, his assumption. I'll make it weird. We're making mm-hmm. it weird. I'll make it weird. <laughs> I'll do it. Well, speaking of making it weird, we're going <laughs> to make it weird on a break in a minute. And I'll take shots of Criente. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. All right. And welcome back to another round of the 86th <laughs> Club. <laughs> I say it every time. So I just feel like now I have to say it. Because it's going to, I, I want it. to. It's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make it a thing. You know. It's a thing now. We're Speaking of around. making things a thing, um, <laughs> what are we about to take a shot of, Montana? 400 Conejos Mezcal. The 400 Conejos from, oh, it's a Hoven from Oaxaca. 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 
I literally, I just had a, um, I set up a promo tasting for a, a liquor store and I wrote like in the notes, like the phonetic spelling of Oaxaca. Thank God. That's Fair. smart. I'm so That's bad. I, I'm bad at it too. I'm bad. We have a Oaxaca old fashioned on the menu right now and people are like, Oaxaca. Oaxaca? Oaxaca. That's Close it. Close enough. Oxaca. I know what you're talking so about. So it's a Hoven from Oxaca. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> a Joven, actually. Oh, it's a Joven. I, a Joven. I didn't see yeah. the J. I'm sorry. The Joven from 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 Oaxaca. <laughs> and um, what else about it before we shoot it? So my favorite. And not appreciate it because we're just going to shoot it. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's, it's delicious any way you put it in your mouth. And the big t- <laughs> okay. soundbite. Uh, my big takeaway for for the brand, my favorite part of it, is that the 400 conejos means 400 rabbits. And in like ancient Aztec culture, the 400 rabbits are the gods of drunkenness and debauchery. Mm. And the children of the goddess of fertility and mother agave, Maya Huel. So this legend is, if you ever drink too much mezcal and do something a little bit silly, and it wasn't you, it was the rabbits. So it's not your fault. Amen. And okay, well, to, to it not being our fault. Sorry, we're just Excuse women. You, Cheers. It's not my fault. Delightful. I am mm. out at it. Nice and spicy. <laughs> Thank you. But still soft and very playful and palatable. And Well, as mezcal should be. It's made like in, in the ancestral method of, you know, conical cone in the ground for the oven uh, I've been to one of the palenques where we get the 400 conejos from, and it's a shack with one guy, a dog, and a horse, and like a couple pits of the pit ovens, two tiny little copper pot stills. So it's super authentico. Authentico. Yeah. And you can tell that it's authentico <laughs> because I use the word authentico. See. Well, so <laughs> See. Sp- speaking of being authentico, before we got back on, we were talking about being outspoken women uh, in the industry. and. We had mentioned um, somebody, I mean, I certainly won't bring their name up, but it was just another female and in, in the market who actually doesn't live in this market anymore. But it was more about how I was saying, I, I had heard it said, this person had never said it directly to me, but when I would go sit in front of their bar, they would make me cocktails and she would make me lovely drinks. But she also would ask me what I thought of it. And I have always believed that when somebody asks you that, like you don't have to offer your feedback or criticism if nobody's asking. In all honesty, I guess that's, you probably shouldn't on some level unless you say, hey, would you like my feedback on this? Um, But I don't really know people that go around saying that. Uh, But if I was asked by somebody who, you know, if they made me a cocktail, hey, well, what do you think of this? I've always believed that if I don't necessarily love it, then I shouldn't say I love it. Like, I'm so tired of hearing of people say, I like it. It's really good. And like, yes, me. Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, it's, oh, really? What do you like about it? Um, Just how great it is. <laughs> but it's that's not going to help you grow. I mean, the other day when you came in to visit me and, and I've been testing out things through the new menu, I made you something and and I made it for you and I gave it to you and I and I made a second one for the guest right next to you. And, um, and I straw tasted at that point. And then I was like, oh, it's probably a little sweet. So I was like, Brenda, what do you think of it? And you're like, I'm gonna be honest, it's nice. I feel like you have, you have good flavors in there, but it's a little too sweet. But if you didn't tell me that, if you're like, this is the best drink I've ever had, I love it. Which, yeah, feels great at the surface, but that's not gonna better me as a bartender. You're not gonna help fix the drink for me, help tweak it so it is the perfect drink, you know? So you, you gotta tell people even if it's uncomfortable. Constructive I, criticism. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this person took it 
personally and mm. was like, oh, Brenda, she never likes any of my drinks I make her. Well, it's and, uncomfortable. And I was like, well, make better drinks. Like That was my kind of like <laughs> feeling about the whole thing. But I also feel like this whole being nice thing, this female role that we fall into, you have to be nice. You know, you have to be like, can why can't you just be direct? Why can't you just be yourself? Why do you always have to just feel like you need to put on a smile? I mean, how many times have you heard service with a smile? You know what? You're great, but you should really smile more. Yeah. Yeah, I need a thousand spoons. (laughs) No. If someone tells me to smile, I'm like, why? Why? No. (laughs) Like I literally at the gas station and I asked for something and the guy's like, I will if you smile. I'm like, I don't feel like smiling today. I don't owe you that. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Somebody at the gas station told you to smile? Yes. (laughs) Were they smiling? I think because he thought he was being cute. And this, this like old ass dude at the checkout at the gas station. What'd you tell him? And I said, no, I don't feel like smiling. I got nothing to smile about. Like I'm in here for a reason because like your pump is fucking up. Like, what, yeah. What's happy about I shouldn't this? have to get out of my car. I don't know why I'm in here. Right. $20 on a pump seven. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm not happy. No. I don't need to pretend to be. What do you, have you experienced this whole smile, you know? need from people from Often. guests from managers you smile literally oh, mover and shakers got the don't tell me to smile yeah. gear like oh, yeah. it exists yeah. because of our industry so 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 un- let's let's unpack this <laughs> all right so i had a particular situation which is very very unique and a lot of the here let me adjust my headphones a little bit um i went out of state and worked in a different state at a very interesting location for a (laughs) month this summer, which is really, really interesting. Um, But I had a situation with my manager there where um, there was no organization at all. Like we were kind of brought in um, by a friend's mom who reached out to us because her, like my friend, um, she knew that she had a lot of friends in hospitality. She trusted her to bring the right people there. So we all basically went there to basically just like fix it. And there was one day where I realized that they didn't have a dedicated service bartender and then <laughs> people were just kind of running around and I was just like, how, how is this place corporate and you have no structure? Like I'm very confused. So I kind of just started like telling, not really telling people what to do, but like making suggestions. And then I was working with a couple guys from Tampa who I've known for a long time and they were all like, well, we like you and we understand that you're doing the right thing and we know that you're right. So like, we're going to listen to you. But I remember I was working the service bar one day and I was making like, I think 15 of these drinks at a time. Like it, it was because it, they were not complicated. Like I remember shaking everything one day and they were like, stop shaking things. There's one drink we shake. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> There's like, one drink we shake. I want to work yeah. in that bar. Can I please work in the <laughs> bar? What and also what is the one shaken drink that they shake? It was um, <laughs> one of the variations of margaritas, mm. um, and it, oh, a hand shaken margarita. Uh, yes. I understand now. Yes. Now I understand oh, yeah. why. Okay. And there um, it is. but God, I have the most beautiful view every day from there. But um, I remember the manager looked at me in the middle of me, like in the dinner rush, like trying to get all this stuff out, working twelve-hour shifts every single day, like the only seasonal work I've ever done. Absolutely insane. And he looks at me, and goes smile like you can't see me but he just said the smile and I looked at him and I said I will smile when I'm happy and he was like and I looked at him and I said do you see what I'm doing right now I was like I'm not even frowning I'm just serious it is very rude of you to tell me to smile right now when I am trying to catch your staff up because we're screwed right now and I'm really 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 trying to get everybody's drinks out good for you and then he his apology later was a non-apology which I feel like is typical in the and 
I mean, I feel like maybe it's a lot of things with people in like positions of power, but like typically from my experience of like male woman and or, or like dynamic know, interactions. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, well, you know, you didn't have to go about it the way you did. And I said, well, you were rude to me. And I reacted. And I was in the middle of something and I was focused. You could have pulled me to the side later and said, hey, is something wrong? Right. He mm-hmm. didn't handle that right. correctly no. as a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by me saying, I'm going to leave his name out, obviously, I was like, man, like, I'm not happy <laughs> right now. Man. I, I'm, I'm serious. Man. Like, I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm You're like, focused. You know, I'm, I'm focused. I'm like, you know, and his apology was, well, you know, like, I'm sorry that you felt that way, but you didn't have to make me look that way in front of everyone else. And I was like, well, you made me look my, that way in front of my everyone else. My penis is small. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have tough. to embarrass me. Yeah it, was, a, oh. yeah. it was literally like, Oh, I'm a tiny man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, it's like, a I'm woman not, embarrassed me. Yeah. It's, I'm not sorry about what I did. It's now I'm going to make you feel bad about what you did to me. Because I feel entitled to feel a certain way, and that's a power play. Yeah, and I was like, absolutely not, motherfucker. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm out here helping you, and making sure that everything runs smoothly. And you're more concerned about the fact that I'm not smiling. And like, you didn't embarrass him; he embarrassed himself. Exactly. Yeah. If he wants to give you the power that you made him feel embarrassed, exactly. That's on him. That's not on you. Yeah. The sass. The sass comes out after some 400 conejos <laughs> joven from Axaca. Oh, from, from joven to jiven. Oh, I, we're, we're jiving on joven. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so does anybody feel like we need to unpack the smile thing more or do we feel like we have it? It's, it's, through Caroline's story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sums it up. It's, I mean, being being negative or aggressive or rude to a customer is one thing, but be, being focused on something and just being serious while you're completing your task that's in front of you is not something that should be negative, you know? I can't help how I look when I'm focused on something, you know? As long as, long as I'm being kind to guests when they come in, it's entirely different. It'd but, be like sitting at your computer desk and your manager coming over and telling you to smile yeah. as you do emails. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's weird. And then it and then it makes me like, oh wait, am I am I not being kind to people? You know. I, so I, I when I used to compete, um, this was a national competition um, that I was in at one time, and there was a photography session that was going on, and um, I remember. Well, one, I'm actually naturally a very smiley bartender, so it's really funny to have this conversation because I'm the type of person that I actually do naturally smile a lot of the time when I am bartending, unless I have 15 drinks in front of me (laughs) and I'm really stressed out. And then I don't really smile, but I'm very, very hyper-focused on it. And that in the time in the past has always been when somebody accused me of, you know, you should really smile. Um, The one time you're not smiling. Yeah, but I normally am like, I don't know. It's just, I remember I was on this um, photo shoot and I was making the drink and I was smiling and the photographer was like, we really love the way you're so smiley. We love it. Keep it, keep it going. And I just was like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm being myself. So the picture comes out and I remember I posted on social media and of course the brand is loving it and everybody's loving it. But there were a lot of comments like, God, I really love to see a bartender who smiles. And there was like a few of those coming through and I don't think it was meant to be a female stab, but there is something to be like 
said for that? Like, were, was it a stab because it was a, like, if I was a guy, right. would somebody have said the same thing? No. Or if you were a doctor or a lawyer, like what profession benefits from <laughs> smiling while you're well, at Well, hold on. Like, <laughs> I could challenge that because hospitality is different. Like a doctor is, think about it, right? Like, Can't spell hospitality without hospital. <laughs> Right? That's why it's the same as being a doctor. <laughs> exact same. Same credentials. Same thing. Doctor, bartender, right? I mean, but, but you do feel like a doctor sometimes. But but when it comes to like, you you go to a doctor and you don't care if they smile or not. It would be nice if they had a bedside manner, right? That's a phrase, bedside yeah. manner. So is it, could you say that smiling is the bartender's bedside manner? And, In a way. And for some reason, we're kind of expected to if we don't. Is that is it even a sexist thing? Or is it just that people should just smile when they're like doing something service oriented for in front of somebody else. I just think, I think being genuine is different than just smiling for the sake of smiling. You know, you're in service. Well, why should you have to, but you're, you're talking to a guest. You want to be kind. You want to be approachable and, and smiling then is different than just smiling because you're making the drink for no reason. That's, kind of weird to me or someone's like being, kind of psychotic, I'm, I'm, right? yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I've been in service while smiling because I was happy I didn't have to be out there talking, yeah, to, people. talking to people <laughs> sometimes yeah. I was like woohoo yes <laughs> and it, yeah, it's it's natural and circumstantial like different conversations with guests will be naturally lighthearted and fun and like chit chatty and smiley but other times people are just gonna be dicks from square one and I'm not gonna smile at you if you're gonna be a dick to me yeah Can we talk about the phrase, the token female at a bar? (laughs) Caroline just like closed her (laughs) eyes for a long time and then opened them (laughs) like she was sad. (laughs) But like, so this has definitely been a a phrase that I've heard over and over and over again over the years. So I used to hear it because I was the token female that was needed um, or somebody would call me and say, hey, they're looking for a female Mm -hmm. behind the bar. They need like that one female you know, to kind of to round, prove the point, to round out the right. pack. Yeah. Um, and I've also heard it now just in the USBG. I've had brand people, suppliers, distribute, everybody call me and bar owners call and say, Hey, I'm looking for that. Like one female, like one. I, and, and she needs to be the total package. Can we <laughs> talk about that phrase and why is that wrong? Is that not wrong? Should, should that mentality change? Should we even just try and understand it? Like, where's that coming from? I have an account who, and it's funny enough, it's the same um, account pretty much from some of my prior stories that we've spoken about tonight. (laughs) And they, a number of times when I've gone in to call on them, they're like, oh, Montana, come back to work with us. And I'm like, well, no, one. Uh, And two, they're constantly Oh, Montana, where are all the female bartenders? Where are they? Why aren't oh they? Oh, my God. Like, that would, are, that was going like, to be my help, follow-up. Help us find a girl. Help us find a girl. There's no good women. And There's I, no good women. I haven't There's said so it many. in response to them yet. I've said it in conversations with you all at this table and beyond. And I will happily say it again when they ask me. But... They exist. They don't want to work here. Your <laughs> your shit breeds toxic masculinity when you walk in the door, and women do not want to work here. Right. The client base, the um, just the vibe. It girls. You walk in, and it's like I don't even feel comfortable with my drink without a lid on it. Kind of a place. <laughs> so I'm, you're not going to want to work there. COVID or non-COVID times, yeah. really. <laughs> so okay. So let's go further down that road. I mean. So we're talking specifically about being the token female and um, 
also the idea that a lot of people do believe that women don't have as prominent of a voice in this market. And I think in general in the industry, I mean, you're starting to see that now. Although, can we also talk about, I'm actually kind of becoming annoyed with how like, like a female bomb just blew up and and now every magazine article I read, somehow every spirit out there is trying to tell their female story. It's like, well, my great, 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 great grandmother birthed this master distiller. Like, it's just like, <laughs> or it's just like, the, oh, did you know that this tequila, it, the master blender is a female? I bet you didn't know that. We never talked about it before until we were now we're supposed to because we're going to make a lot of money right, talking about it. They're trying to prove it. the point. So right. like, are we also just sick of also just female being thrown up all over the place too a little bit? Like now does it feel like in a way kind of like now we're prostituting the whole met thing too? Not to like... There's a difference between that and showing appreciation and inclusivity. Like I have an account who their next menu iteration, they're trying to include as many female-led brands as they can to just continue exposing guests to other female-led products and projects. And um, one of the bar managers there is a really talented woman as well. And that I respect and appreciate. I think that's a nice way to kind of focus in on the category of women in our industry without Mm. being exploitative. I'm down with that. I feel like it's going to keep being a thing like like bringing it to the forefront until it doesn't have to be a thing anymore. Yeah. Like eventually down the road, ideally we'll get to the point where it doesn't have to be mentioned because of course, of course women are leading the industry. Like of course, of course we're up there and as important as men are. But right now we've, people aren't giving women for the most part for years now the respect they deserve in our industry. So we're going to have to keep talking about it and keep pushing it. And eventually we'll get to the point where we don't have to, but we're not there yet. And, so. and credit to that account, I there was a rum that was a female-led rum, and they weren't that into it, so they didn't use it. So they're not just right. using products because yeah, exactly. you shouldn't yeah. exactly. I mean, you should never sacrifice quality just because the right. brand is correct. Like the right. branding is good, Definitely. right? I feel like you know you should always be True thinking about yeah, I should be thinking yeah. about the whole thing, not just okay, is it female? I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast before, like. The idea of buying local just because it's local. You got to be mm-hmm. honest at the same time. Yeah, you got to like make sure you're buying it. I think you should take that into factor. And I think if it's between two things on the same par, you should then buy local. But I feel like if you feel like the other product is superior and works better for whatever you're trying to do with it, then, you know, you just you can't sacrifice quality right. and creativity. Um, except if it's my brand. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And then you should you should buy all of it. Yes, ma'am. Um <laughs> So Caroline, so can you talk a little bit about feeling like you need to be the token female and like this whole and the idea that there's not enough women to be the token female in this market? (laughs) (laughs) No, she can't. She's (laughs) too much to unpack there. Too much. Too much. Drink. Yep. (laughs) Caroline is onto the Diplomatico rum and is currently checking it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um... I feel like I have a, like, I mean, everyone has their own unique experience, but in my particular experience, I feel like I have always been more interested in things that boys are into anyway. So I've always kind of been the girl in the group, always anyway. So moving forward, um, like, 
any almost any job I've ever had that was dead serious about what it was doing, and I pretty much only worked in hospitality, I was the only woman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the guys I worked with were like really cool to me because they're like, oh, it's Carolyn, she's cool, and she like. She's like one of the guys. She's like one of the guys. She's not like the other girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not really like girly though. You're just like a girl. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, I do wear like a shit ton of makeup, yeah. and I'm all about like, Boobies. you know, you know, like the outfits and shit and whatever. But like, I don't know. Um, God, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this properly. Um, you don't have to be proper. Say it. I just want to get it across in a way that makes sense. Um, pretty much every job I've always just been that girl. And it's like when I was younger and I didn't understand things as much, it was kind of like fun to be the only girl. And then as I got older and I met a lot more women that were super cool and super good at their things, I was like, okay, why the fuck am I the only girl? Like now I'm confused. And I feel like I've for the same re- like for even the same reasons that I've been turned down for positions it's why I've been hired in those same mm. yeah things and god it's 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 cool until it's not i guess to to build on that um it really it really sucks being in a place as like you guys were saying earlier where Someone comes up to me, like, let's say it's a cigar and whiskey bar that I used to work at, and they're, they just write everything that you say off, but it's like, but you still have to be in the room to round it out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I may be on the road to, like, getting a bourbon stewardship, but because a guy is in there and he's, like, working next to me, they're going to take his opinion over it. Or when I worked in beer, it was even worse. But... um you're feeling a void. You're feeling a, you're there to fill a stereotype yeah. or to fill a a character that needs to be played in the role of the bar, which is you know the yeah. bar is the stage and you're one of the characters, which is the token female. It's like yeah. someone else's fantasy that you are you're under no obligation to fulfill. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like it's it's. And what does the total package mean, though? The, to, I mean, when people say I need a to, 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 I need the total package. The total package means know. what the fuck does that mean? It's a hot, smart chick. It's a unicorn. Right. It's a fucking manic pixie dream girl. It's the <laughs> cool but not her, too cool. Yeah, it's oh she's she's smart and she knows her shit and she's hot and she's this and she's like and like everybody want like I I not to get like too crude but it's like man this is like the kind of chick that I want to hang out with like I like it's you you are filling that fantasy as you were saying like it's you're it's not about how good you are at your job and who you are it's the part that you're playing. And it's like, and you start to question, like, would I have this job if I was a man and was the same person? And it handcuffs you. Is it required in, is, 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 is there anything like this in the male bartending world? Like, is it required to fit a certain mold or personality from like, what, what does it. somebody who's hiring somebody when they're like, okay, we need one more male. You must <laughs> well, have a curly I, can you mustache. imagine? I don't know if that's ever been said, but no. we need one more male to really round out the crew. Like, what is this male bartender um, expected to be? Because if we know what the female version of this is, the token female, then what is the male? Not a token male, but just w- what is the difference then? What is a male bartender t- supposed to be in this world? I guess I haven't, I haven't seen it. You know, like I haven't seen a place that needs that one last male for... For a woman, you have to be talented, 
but not overbearing, not aggressive. You know, you have to be beautiful, but not too hot where they discredit your opinion. I mean, I feel like... Double-edged sword across the board. Yeah, and and you're just held to a higher standard where people won't take you seriously. You know, people just... You have to... You just have to prove yourself more. I've never worked at a place that's so low on men, like so short on men where they have to find a certain man to fit all these things. They're filled with men and all types of men. And, And with women, it's not the same way. Like we're constantly having to check ourselves for somebody else's benefit. And again, it's exhausting. What do you say to people that say, because I've heard this um, it, before, where it was like, yeah, no, we just need like the full package female. Like we have a lot of like hot chicks, but like they can't like do anything and they just use their sexuality to so teach get them like to get tips or to get what they want. But they're not like, like we need a female bartender that like takes themselves seriously. Like, what do you say to somebody that's, views it that way you've got that woman already on staff she yeah. there's nothing about her that is Amen. unteachable pull her into the bar shift and bring have her, her train exactly bring her up she's right there yeah Who cares that she's hot she also has to have the interest and actually give a shit about her job too because i mean yeah, i've worked with fair. a lot of women that are absolutely beautiful and they're very interested in what they're doing but then you work with them for weeks and weeks and weeks and you see no development and you see no interest and you see no book reading or right. anything like that or any of the things that we did in order to get ourselves to where we are. And it's like, okay, I want to give them that opportunity and I, I believe that everyone is teachable. But that, and then there's that discrepancy where the owner, in this case, obviously we're talking about a male owner, wants the hot girl, but he wants the hot girl that's educated and talented but he, they, it's like they have this expectation that everybody is going to want to do the same thing. So, I mean, I can't be like, like. I think that's where you weed that. out like the career bartenders and people who want to grow and exceed and continue doing this job. And those who are doing this while they're you know, getting through school or means to an right. end or until the next thing that's actually they're passionate about comes along. But giving these, you know, in, in this scenario, these women who are already staffed the opportunity to either introduce them to a passion that they don't know that they have or an opportunity to grow and educate and realize that that this is what they do want to do or not but if they're there teach them use them see how it goes i'll tell you something that for real legit came up in the market um about you a week ago oh god (laughs) (laughs) i'm involved too let me get my drink i have a tasting uh with this account and um they won't know because the person that told me this is a friend of mine and I doubt anybody's listening to this podcast anyway. But <laughs> my mom will. Yeah, this is just for oh, mom. all of our moms. This yeah, is all just of our for moms, moms and friends. 86 Club for moms. Yeah. <laughs> for, for moms. <laughs> That's perfect. I think that might be the title of this episode. Um tiny bit. Sorry, we're we're pouring topping off. We're pouring more spirit. So okay. So this came up last week or a couple of weeks ago. I have a tasting and, um, you know, you obviously sell tequila in the market. I have some tequilas as well in my arsenal. And there's um, another woman that is considered a very attractive in the market um, who works for William Grant. Mm. So, okay. Yep, we, all, we, all, when we all love her and yeah. know her. And she's amazing. So I'm talking to this person and I was like, listen, I'm not trying to like 
like I, I can't call on you if you want taste with me. So like <laughs> I need I need to set up tastings. Otherwise, I won't be able to like continue to have you in my world and like come support this account. Like it doesn't mean that you have to buy anything. I just want to start meeting with you and unpacking what you need and just trying to be a consultant to you. And, like build a relationship. And just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I just want to be here and like get to know you and like find out what you need. And so this person who is kind of this gatekeeper for this other person was like, listen, absolutely. We're going to give you a tasting. But like, you know, like this buyer, he's just, you know, like he's obviously he's talking to Montana and like, you know, he's you know, he's talking to this other girl with William Grant, which I won't say anymore, but like because she's not here to, to say hello, <laughs> but I'm sure she would she'll be flattered. I'll text her. But, you know, they're all like, you know, really hot and like, obviously, like they're hot and they're like super attractive. And like, he's obviously just like, you know, very attracted to like, you know, what they have to offer and wants to spend more time with them. And I'm like, so hold on a minute. One, should I be insulted that I'm not a part of this group? (laughs) I am very curious about what what this account is. I will tell you afterwards. But the truth is, I was kind of like, okay, so on one level, I'm being told that you only want to buy their products because they're hot, not necessarily because of the quality of their products, which by the way, the quality of all these products are fabulous and great. But But that bums me out. But, but... So that's an insult because it's, it's, I'd rather just work with you because you're attractive. But also I am subconsciously then being insulted in front of this person being told that I do not fit into this stereotype of the attractive female. I'm not hot enough to command my spirits to be purchased. I disagree. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but that shouldn't even be part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, that has nothing to do with it. So the fact that it is, right? And then also the fact that I was also insulted. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Like, I pushed a baby out of my (laughs) vagina and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm I'm on a different wavelength than you are. Like, I don't, if you don't find me attractive, like on some level, I'm like, okay. What the fuck do I care? Like, (laughs) I don't care. I'm not here to look good for you. Like, I also feel fine with who I am. I'm not trying to be attractive to you. Right. Um, but it is it is interesting to hear that perspective that people like a bar manager or a GM would still buy from somebody because they're hot, not necessarily because of what they have to offer. Montana, because this story was about you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I definitely am insulted on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I definitely don't want my products behind bars just because... I'm having a good hair day or whatever this dude's attracted to about me. Um, mm. You know, and it kind of goes back to like, there are certain accounts that I dress more masculine for because I don't want to give them the wrong idea, which is again, like stupid, like power play that I have to like wake up in the morning, open my closet and say, okay, what pair of pants are going to say, you don't get to grab my ass today. Right. Mm. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. That's that's the other title of this. This is the subtitle. <laughs> this is exhausting. What is this episode called? It's called the Eighty Sixth Club Podcast. This will be episode four. Um, hashtag for moms. It's exhausting. <laughs> being yeah. being a woman in the industry. Sub, semicolon. It's exhausting. Spoiler alert. <laughs> or ladies' yeah. night for moms. It's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, to to be said when they were hiring for my role about, you know, three and change years ago, the uh, gentleman, the area manager at the time who interviewed me said that prior to me and a couple other, you know, people who who helped guide me into this role, um, 
prior to me, he had only interviewed like promo girls. And there's nothing wrong with being a promo girl. That money is good. It is sometimes easy. And I guess they were just looking for somebody who had a little bit more in-depth hospitality on their resume. But, you know, it was, on the other hand, like, okay, you would assume maybe that this person who's a promo girl was very, very attractive. So it was nice that they didn't just hire these other people for this role based on their looks. But at the same time, it's like, it could have been another opportunity for this girl to to learn more. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, it's also fair that they need to go out and, you know, get their hands dirty on some other stuff too. Right. Do you think that we're, because I would consider all of us, you know, um, female leaders in the bar industry in this market. So do you think that we owe it to do more for the females coming coming behind us that are just a little younger or just starting their careers out? And I, I guess maybe I'll put it this way, and this question is... Um, do you have any solid advice for the young female bartender? What I, would you advise? I mean, answering the first part of your question, I all of my mentors in the bar game were male. So mm-hmm. us being in now that we're all have, we all have grown in our careers and in like our our talents, us being in a position to take on a mentee or a protege and being the mentor for other women to, you know, show them our tactics and our, you know, little tricks to get around the sexism and shittiness sometimes of the job like a man can't teach me that a man can't teach me how to like avoid flirting or have like a quick comeback for you know oh you make it a little strong oh do you mean you want a double i can make it a double like you don't get extra free booze just because you're trying to flirt with me right like stuff like that i think that we're all in a position now where we can help other women you know if they like like jess you have a lot of women working at intermezzo you know rotationally or not yeah. so you've got a great opportunity to, to yeah. share your love and your knowledge i mean i think it's really cool that we're really female heavy and um and and i was lucky to have women like as i was growing up in the bar industry i had women above me which i mean i i learned from women and men and and both of those are great but they see a side of the industry that women do that that men don't so whenever i have anyone really, but I love when a female comes and she wants to learn and she wants to grow and, and I, and I want to teach her and I want to dive into her and I want to show her what I've learned and what works and what doesn't. And I think it's really badass when a woman wants to grow in the industry. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, and I do try to spend a little extra time with them. Like, Hey, it's difficult. Like, yeah, it's male led, but that doesn't mean you can't be the baddest bitch here. And I'll and I'll show you. <laughs> so what advice specifically do you have for the young female bartender? I would say trust yourself and trust your what you know. Um, and because people are going, regardless of, of gender in this case, going to break you down in every direction for whatever particular reason. And if there's something you truly like, like if you love something this much, you don't have to be like anybody else. Just trust who you are in your journey and just do it to the best of your ability and ask all the questions in the world and never feel dumb for asking questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know who you are and speak your truth. Absolutely. That's my, my personal motto. On top of that, know your worth. Don't take shit that you don't got to take. Like there's another job girl. Like I, I'm sure that we've all experienced this on some level, but I was, um, pretty much sexually assaulted at work one night. I had a a guest, I'm sorry, a customer, reach across the bar and grab my boob. 
And I immediately was like, just grab my boob. And I went to the back. I pulled, you know, both owners were there that night aside. And I'm like, hey, this just happened. But he was a friend of a friend. Mm. So they were like, oh, you know, like, they'll leave soon. Is it, is it okay if it's okay? <sighs> and if that had happened to me today and I was like behind the stick and someone reached assault the, across the bar and sexually assaulted me, Without I wouldn't, a doubt. wouldn't even call the owner. I'd just get in the back and call the police. I'd have them their throat out. Exactly. <laughs> of course. This was unfortunately um, in like 2015 or so. We haven't had, we didn't have like our, our, the Me Too movement yet. I was not in a position where I felt like I could have walked out of work. Uh, I was financially dependent on this job. But now it's like, you know what? I should have. And if they would have fired me for it, one, lawsuit, thank you. Two, I don't need to work at this bar, even if I go work at somewhere else just for the interim to get through this next step. But that was really, really hurtful to me that they didn't care about my safety at work. Right. And that because this dude was like a friend of their of their Coke dealer or mm-hmm. whatever, that he got a pass and that they're okay with with customers hurting their employees at work. Yeah, I had that happen when I was, it was in this market. I was 18 or 19. I was in college. I was a hostess um, at a bar in International Plaza. Ooh. That was known for making martinis. Ooh, what color? Ooh, what color? <laughs> <laughs> And um, (laughs) basically, I was like walking around. I was a cocktail waitress. And this fucking guy like tried to like finger me. (gasps) Yeah. Literally walked up and like, like literally walked up and grabbed my pussy. So what happened? So I turned around and was like smacked his hand away and thought that I would have the support of any reasonable human being. Of course. So Mm -hmm. I went to my managers and was like, Guys, you will not believe what happened. And at first it was like, who is this person? And then, but it's a regular. Are you kidding me? And he spends a ton of money. And he comes here every Friday and he tips all the bar staff like $300 a piece. It shouldn't be. It it shouldn't be, but it is. And that happened. And it's certainly not the first time I was ever like, had that experience, but it was, that was the worst one. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was definitely like a very eye-opening thing. And I was taught as a young woman in this industry at 18 or 19. Yeah. Men are like totally allowed to like grab you. And like, that's, that's considered okay, depending on who it is. <laughs> like period. It's baffling, but that's, <laughs> it's, it's so sad, but it's so true. Yeah. And even the things that people feel like they can say to you, especially having these long nails, people make a lot of comments. I had a guy ask me if my ass was real once. I was like, do you think that's an okay thing to say to a stranger? (laughs) Oh my God. Would you ask somebody that in the grocery store? Who the fuck are you? Like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. I kick out people immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But like, just the comments that they, like, oh, I bet this is this. And then of course you do the thing where you look at them and you go, explain that to me. And then you have to make them explain it. So they go, Oh, and then they, it's like, oh no, that's not funny or cute or anything. I don't get why this joke is offensive. Can you walk me through it? Yeah. It's like, no, (laughs) you're gross and I don't like you and you're tacky. And a lot of that I think has to do with walking into a bar and like, oh, it's a bar, there's alcohol, there's no rules here. I can just treat people however, and it'll be fine and funny. Right. And I think that that's something that maybe was popularized in whatever kind of like media, like the eighties or so but we definitely need to curb it. And I think that Me Too had a, 
has helped us a lot with that. Yeah. And a lot of people in the industry were rightfully called out during that that Good. time and still are. And now that I, I think we all collectively feel more confident in our voices that we are able to speak out and say, oh, no, 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 this is not okay. And if you think it's okay, you're the problem. Right. So are there any redeeming qualities about men in the <laughs> industry? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean there's a lot of great leaders and a lot of great people and peers and coworkers and colleagues um, and we keep them in our lives because they are good. And the ones who aren't good, we don't talk with or work with or deal with. And yeah. they're hopefully, with people like us kind of giving them the elbow, a dying breed. And what is the male role um, in the female movement of bar industry? So what should the male be doing in order to help their fellow female? Um, pick up that really heavy keg if I can't manage it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got that. I got you. You get one uh, hand, I'll get the other. I yeah. got you. <laughs> no, Teamwork. They, they should be they should be supporting and and bringing up the women they work with mm-hmm. when it's due, when it's right. You know, you shouldn't put pe- people on a pedestal just because of their sex. But when somebody does something and they do something well, you should absolutely bring it up. You know, yeah. and and be proud of that. When you work with a strong female, absolutely support her. You know, that's that's badass. There's a true story about um, two females who used to work with um, a very, very, very now famous male bartender. And um, I'll give you a hint. They all used to work at the Violet Hour in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So this person, you know, in a conversation that was similar to this was like, I will just tell you this. I don't have anything against this male bartender. And, and all of the success that they found in their career, they're an amazing person. But I will tell you what they did not do at the time, and we're talking early 2000s, 2005, 2009, something like that. So they're like, what they didn't do is this, we would all make drinks together collectively, cohesively, and a lot of my drinks were in print, but they came to him for articles and press mm. releases and write-ups and photo photography sessions. And what this person did not do was give credit where credit was due. I've had that. Do mm-hmm. you feel like you've... Yeah? I, I've, yeah. I've called out my bar manager before because of that. I was like, hey, you know damn well that that got, that got published and that was mine. And that's not fair. You know, that was my drink. And, and how dare you put your name on that? But it, it happens, and you just have to keep calling that out and keep bringing it up and what keep talking their, about it. What was their response? Um, he said he was sorry. He said he didn't know that it was going to get published. And I was like... You mean the reporter talking to you? <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, I was like you, you knew it was an the event. The person that was asking for a photo and the recipe? Yeah. You knew it was an event, and you knew you were speaking to a magazine about it. I mean, and how, how did you were the bar manager. How did you not know? Like, I knew, and how did you not know? He's like, I'm sorry, next time it won't happen. <laughs> of course it won't. I won't work here mm-hmm. next time. There won't be a next time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But no, I mean, it absolutely happens, and, and that's so unfair. That's so unfair to put your hard work and effort towards something and and then just claim it as theirs. They think that you won't say anything. It's easy to just go ahead and take credit and you are just going to quietly be like, oh, bummer. No, I'll tell, I'll tell everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll tell everyone. So why, um, why stay in this industry? We're all women and we've obviously had to deal with a lot of bullshit over the years and I'm sure it won't be our last time we deal with bullshit just because we're a female or we're not as hot or we're not as young i mean we're also all getting older and <laughs> i know what that feels like it's fine 
I, my back hurts when I <laughs> when I sweep. <laughs> like now, I'm like, oof, I've been sweeping for Get twenty minutes. Out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I do well in a service well for for a minute. I don't know. So, what do we do as as women in this industry? I mean, why do we stay in it, and why do you love it, and where do you think you know you can help grow it? Uh, not just for women, but just in general for yourself. A really poignant bumper sticker once said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm. Gandhi, right? Well, Gandhi, <laughs> yes, Gandhi did say yeah. that. Absolutely, because it's one of my favorite quotes. But he didn't exactly say that. Um, but that's what we've we've dumbed it down to. But it's still a I'll great take quote. It. Yeah, yeah right? it's digestible yeah. that way. Yeah. It's delicious. Um, and <laughs> Like 400 conejos. <laughs> from Joven. Owaxaca. Owaxaca. You gotta stop saying it that way. That was gonna be in our heads. Your net next time you go to pronounce it, I'm gonna fuck it up. You're gonna go. You're gonna go. So it's Joven Axaca. I swear I'm not a dumb female. I know what I'm talking about. I'm just like really pretty. I'm sorry. Which is really funny because I know Caroline, you and I have joked about this whenever a boy like messes up. We're like, oh, he's just really pretty. Yeah, he's so pretty. He's just like really pretty. <laughs> ah. Yeah, he's he's dumb, but he's handsome. Like we've taken that and turned it around. Is I that, love a, that. Is, is that a good or a bad thing? I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's entertaining. <laughs> is it a little bit like, listen, I'm just getting you back a little bit. Oh, relax. Yeah. It's oh, a nudge. Right? Leveling it's the a, playing field. It's a gentle nudge, yeah. which like is now you know how it feels yeah. to be the dumb, pretty one. Right. Yeah. But you really are dumb, so no. Mm. And even not that pretty. <laughs> So do we all feel like, I mean, are there any other things that you want to talk about in terms of just from the female perspective, but just in general, Tampa, St. Pete? I think bar culture from what you said earlier, I feel like like what we want moving forward is there's there's a lot of things we have to work on and there's a lot of a, a lot of sexism. Yes, but I think we can see it as a way to like grow women and and keep talking about it and keep strengthening them and, and teaching them more and making them more confident, I think is the main yeah. thing. Because a lot of times women feel like, you know, it, it is, it's evident, the sex of it, it's, it's evident. And the more we talk about it and the more we strengthen them, the better it's going to be in the long run. So it's uncomfortable and it's, it's there, but we'll get better. Do you think women, and I'm including us at this table as well to contemplate this, do you think women do enough in the bar industry to help other women? We're doing all we can, you know? Or is it still competitive? Do you still feel that female competitive streak? I haven't I, felt that way. Yeah. I, I, I feel like with every woman I've worked with, I've never felt the competitive aspect as far as like woman to woman to try to better ourselves in our career. I felt it with like coworkers of like, we're both striving to be better and, and get this position, but I've never felt it woman to woman as getting that last female role. And that might be, you know, a market thing as well. Like, I think we have a really great crew of strong women around here. We all help each other. We all up each other. Right. I think that that's a, a um, hopefully not a trend. Hopefully it's just a new permanence in uh, this next generation of constantly bringing each other up and being kind and being nice. And you don't have to tear someone else down to right. make you feel better. I mean, Caroline, you've got tattooed on you, like, be more kind. Like, that's mm. a mantra that I think we're all getting more into. There it is. Uh, and I think that a lot of this sexism, I am hopeful. And, you know, I want to say that I'm confident in that we're growing out of it. It will get better. It's getting better. And I think a lot of it's generational and that these right. people will die off, for lack of a better <laughs> word. <laughs> Ouch. 
I think it'll that, happen. Yeah, I think that um, my personal opinion on that is that it is improving, and I really do appreciate that women are empowering, like feeling that we can empower one another. Because I feel like for the longest time, and I think it's a societal thing, and it's like, as you said, generational, but it's like, I feel like as a societal thing, women are constantly pitted against each other. It's who's hotter, who's better, who's this, who's mm-hmm. that, um, always trying to like win this like male approval. And this is like even like a deeper conversation. We can do like a, you know, 2.0 or whatever <laughs> at some point and talk about it more. But I feel like it is not coming from the woman wanting to be that way to the other woman. It is coming from society's expectation of women being pitted against one another, even to the point where, and it's, it's just improving yourself and improving anybody else that, you know, like you might walk in wearing a great outfit and then you see a girl, you know, wearing a better outfit and you, you feel that pang of jealousy for a moment. And we're actively as women working on being more supportive which is the way I think that we want to be in our hearts. And I think that just society shifting in that direction by like women supporting each other actively more as we have been will get us to that point where you don't have to think about it as much. Right. It's like the rivalry that we're supposed to be in was curated by men for us and we don't (laughs) have to do that. Exactly. Like, yeah, we don't, uh, I don't, nobody wants to feel that way Mm-mm. nobody wants to be that way and I think it is genuinely improving with time and practice but I do think that from a lot of like society they pit us against each other and we have to actively change that and shift that and move in a different direction and I think that we all want to do that so I see a bright future for us in that sense and I think yeah. it's like that you know pitting women against each other benefits men Exactly. And it's curated for that reason. Like we're keeping each other down subconsciously or on accident because men want us to. We're keeping each other down so that like they don't have to do it as much. When will we know that the female bartender has officially become just a bartender just a bartender when will we know that shift when will you recognize it we don't when we don't have to bring it up anymore yeah you know where it's it's not like you have to like really underline the fact that it's female owned that it's female made female run like she's really good for a female exactly it's just run what an amazing Mm -hmm. that's my favorite phrase she's really good for a female bartender oh no female has ever won this competition no right yeah Um, that's a a really big achievement like this you know it's like well just what well maybe you should keep your competition more friendly to other genders well i mean i will say particularly i also found it kind of weird that like it's weird it's like in the bar comp world Every comp says that they don't just pick gender roles, but they do. So they always know ahead of time that they want it to be, they want it to look as fair as possible, if possible. But I, I mean, I can tell you, I was at one comp in Miami and I walked in and I was like, there's eight people competing, maybe more, maybe it was 10. I was the only female. I was like, and I felt weird because I was like, oh, that's weird. But every time I've competed in comps, I've always been like one out of two females. Right. And now I see that competitions are starting to be like, well, we really need like an even set. We need like three females, like three males. And I'm like, why? Like, why do you need that? Like, you want to be there for merit. And on top of that, too, when you are the only woman in the room and then like say you win, 
you win. And then immediately, like, my next thought would be, oh, great. Now people are going to say that I only won because I was a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try hearing that said about yep. you for years. The only reason I ever won any competition was because I was a woman. Congrats on your winning vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I even had, yeah. Thank you. And, 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 and Matt, Matt, my Matt, husband Matt is, a thumbs up. is uh, nodding <laughs> in, a, in agreement. Thank you, honey. But no, Thank I, you, honey. That's the actual podcast title for sure long story short winning congrats on your winning vagina for moms (laughs) for moms moms, it's exhausting (laughs) no um so i i the first competition i ever did which this kind of ruined me forever was um i i won each step that i did oh god that sucks to ruin no it was no it just it it fucked me up because i was like i never wanted to do competitions and i'm like god damn it like i I did it and then now i'm like "Uh." you can't help it you're so good oh my god um, but anyway, so I remember at the the state competition level, I remember they went over, you know, the the third place, second place, and, and first, and the other two were men, and then the statement was, and just so you know, it's not a boys club, <laughs> Caroline Lease of the bars I was working at, at the time, and I was like, mm. and in the moment I was like, I'd never won anything before. So I was just like my, my friend snake, who we all know was like hugging me and like he, he was being so supportive and I was like sobbing cause I didn't know how to react and it. And like, all my, and like, it was just like such a nice moment. But then I think about it like in retrospect and I think, man, as cool of a statement as that was, and as wonderful as the person who said it, man, that sucks. Why right. couldn't, why couldn't it just be? And then Caroline won. Why right. did it have to be? Because you'll never feel like you really deserve it because you'll always wonder if you got it because you were a woman or because you really actually were just a person and you were better. And that's like someone else telling us that we need to feel that way. No. Mm. And, and I, they, could, they, didn't, they didn't have to say that. And it was even a woman who said it and she didn't intend on it. Mm. And, the, and the, the, obviously actions and intentions are entirely different and it's, it's nothing that I'm like criticizing the person for, but it, it, like I just thought about it later and I thought, man, that's kind of fucked up that it had to be like, there had to be a comment about the fact that I'm a woman. It had to be verbalized. But I think it has to be verbalized going back to all the points that you guys individually made, which is we have to keep talking about it. And so I'll say this from brand perspectives um, and, and I'm just even staring at the competition level. I think people are really happy when females win and they're able to like give, an award to a female because they know that they're talking about it and that it's really an important conversation right. to keep talking about it. So in that defense, you can also see the other side of that, which is nobody's trying to just give females awards, but I feel like they're really happy when they're able to, and it does work out that way because then it feels like it's a step in the positive direction. Yeah. Well, you thank you for I mean? broadening my perspective on that. <laughs> thank you. No, truly. I, and I think that a lot of that statement was obviously rooted in emotion. And I think that's been like, it, this is just something that for a lot of us are, it's it's deep and it's our personal experience. So sometimes it's hard to look at it from all of the different well, angles. But you make a very valid point too. It's really weird to be a female because, or actually it's just really weird in general to be a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weirdest True. thing I've ever done. So, but it's also really weird to experience any type of, um, I, any type of um what's the word i'm looking for like um 
Give me a hint. Help me out. <laughs> when you're not accepted for who you are. Oh, rejection. Discri- d- rejection, discrimination. Yes. Yeah, that's the word. I'm like, that word. <laughs> <laughs> when you experience discrimination for whatever reason, it's just a really weird thing because now I feel like there's this big movement, at least for women. And now we're also, you know about this too, we're also being kind of like told that our feelings aren't valid anymore. So like all of us are four white women sitting around a, a, a table. It's not intentional. It's just, this is us. But we're also being told now that being a white female, a privileged white female, our our problems also don't matter in the bar world. So, I mean, I only bring this up only just because, do you think there's validity in that? Like, do you think there's bigger problems to focus on beyond, obviously, like, do women really have applied anymore or do white women really have applied anymore? Or should we also now be focusing more on even the, maybe some bigger issues that we could argue, right? Like, absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. black women behind the bar. Yeah. Right. Black female leaders, you know, I mean, yeah. Colored people in general, especially colored women, you know, they're so ostracized and, and they haven't been given a platform for so long that, that they they deserve it, you know, and the same way we deserve to be brought up until we're on an even playing field, as do they, you know, and it's been more difficult for them for so long, and they've been even more on the back burner than we have, you know, they deserve it more than we do, you know, bring them up there and bring, and, and talk about them and talk about what they're doing and their experiences until it's as normalized as as everyone else. And that's where, you know, you want to see yourself reflected in your leaders and you know having you know now we have a woman of color in the vice president's chair and that's and asian exactly first asian first woman woman first woman first woman of color yep all of it it's like bam 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 shebang she's doing it and i think we're seeing and i'd like to think that we're seeing more women of color come up in our industry like tracy franklin ashton berry lynn house exactly tiffany barrier Seeing these women come up, I think, is going to give a confidence boost to other women of color that they can do it, too. And that's why I think it's incredibly important to have that kind of representation, not just like at the bar level, but higher up in our industry. Right. Do you feel like I feel like sometimes when you dive into prejudices, what you realize is that it's just this like vicious cycle of everybody is like a bigger fish than another little fish. And then there's another little fish and then another little fish. And everybody is just on this cycle of if you help this cause, then you're helping yourself. And like somebody before you is going to help you rise that ladder. And if you're, if you're constantly less focused on your own rise then and constantly more focused on the people that are right there with you that you could potentially lift up, I feel like then it's kind of like this never ending chain of like, success where we all kind of eventually get to the top like fair that's beautiful oh. yeah like like reach out your hand and help yank someone up the ladder right yeah if you're and we'll all be better for it yeah. you're you're a rung up help someone else get there it's the weed talking <laughs> <laughs> you're totally allowed we're to the 400 conejos <laughs> one, one more shot Joven. and you'll call it 400 co- cojones it's <laughs> the cojones <laughs> I also had to write that on on my promo blurb, like not conejos, no enye, not cojones, not balls, conejos. But 400 <laughs> rabbit balls. Mm. I love this mezcal. That, that's the next cocktail. It's the story of the <laughs> rabbit who had 400 balls. Very fertile. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. 
<laughs> and on that note, sorry, sorry. <laughs> guys, <laughs> we're going to say goodbye. Um, but thank you to each and every one of you for uh, being on this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I love all of you dearly. And I'm so happy that we are strong female very loud voices um, in our industry. And I hope we only get louder and build each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, on an ending note, quickly, we'll go around the circle and we'll end the podcast. Say what cocktail you feel like best describes you. Oh, God. Well, Jess, you can go last. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Montana, go. Boiler maker. Okay. <laughs> oh, what is shit. a boiler maker exactly? Shot in a beer. There it is. And I, I mean, if I'm gonna, we're gonna dig into it. Shot of mellow corn right there. And then, Why mellow corn? Oh man, I, I, it's, it's hot and spicy and it's a hundred. Yeah. And then that beer is chill and it's cold and it's gonna make it's gonna ride you out for a little bit until your next one. <laughs> Caroline, <sighs> God, I've been thinking about this since you mentioned it earlier. Um, I guess I'm gonna say an airmail. Mm. And tell everybody what an airmail is. So an airmail is basically, I mean, to, to put it at its most basic level, it's a French 75 with rum and honey mm. and lime. So French 75 build, a little different. Um, tropical, obviously. That's my that's my game. That's my love. I'm from an island. Loaded like a French 75 <laughs> millimeter field <Yeah>. gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a little sweet, a little warm, a little tart, and um, effervescent. There it is. It's beautiful. Jess? I wish I thought about this more. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be the perfect answer. Just what do you feel like right now you are? I I feel lately, probably because it's wintertime, I feel like a hot toddy. Yeah. I mean, I would love you to are be a hot, hot toddy. toddy. You're a hot toddy, <laughs> Jess. Like, make me naughty. It's, it's comforting. <laughs> it's warming. It's not super boozy, so you can sit back, relax. Read a book with it. Watch some TV you can chill with, with that it. bitch. And he can chill with it. You can Netflix <laughs> she's and chill easy with the hot going, <laughs> You know, and she's versatile. <laughs> I love that. I love uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like whiskey neat. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of. I'm not lying to you. There might be a little MGP in me, but like I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a great story. You know, MGP, most greatest pussy. There it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> amen. If anybody, if, any, if my boss is listening, I didn't say that. Um, but um, no, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, like whiskey neat. <laughs> that also wasn't a thing at my boss. <laughs> that was kind of weird. <laughs> what I meant was, is if at the company I'm working for is listening, but, but it just came out like, hey, boss. Hey, that was we're gonna edit that <laughs> for sure well knowing knowing matt anyway. he'll leave it in because it'll be funny all right guys well thank cheers. you cheers Salute. cheers that's it <laughs> <laughs>